Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old. And I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old. Hold on, let me say that three more times. I went below entirely past the the rules of three. Yeah, well, you know, comedy comes in 42s. That's Jackie Robinson's number. That's true. It's also the answer. That's true. That's why it's the answer to life. It's Jackie Robinson is the answer to life. Uh, how are you, friend? Uh, I'm well. I'm tired. Oh, no. I actually I actually slept pretty, pretty well and then uh, got up uh, earlier than I wanted. Oh, even no, though I, I did kind of sleep in uh, because I had to play some some matches for my uh popper magic league today right how'd that go won my first one pretty handily and then lost the ensuing two matches oof yeah bummer it's had some bad matchups uh it's fine though everything's fine how are you uh i'm okay uh, I spent pretty much all of Saturday playing uh, Apex Legends ranked going from, uh, I think it was bronze three to gold four, uh, which is why my voice sounds the way it does, because I was basically screaming at teammates at times because they're so fucking stupid. That sounds like you. Mm-hmm. It is me. I can tell you that for a fact. It's me. So, yes, if my voice doesn't sound great, it's because of that. Uh, I'm going to fry my vocal cords yelling at dumb people over the Internet. So cool. Mm-hmm. And other than that, just uh, in between, you know, work and normal stuff, um, just plotting my way through that new Pokemon game. There you go. So, yeah, that's all I got. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Just, uh, you know, vibing. Yeah. I don't know. I was watching some red letter media earlier. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, they did a whole episode about how Bruce Willis is just in fucking shitty nonsense movies. So now they've also watched Cosmic Sin. And oh, have they experienced have their pain. Oh, that's fantastic. I got to see what they actually say about that, because uh, that was that was suffering. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, yeah, just just hanging out, vibing. Uh, wife went back to visit her family. In Pennsylvania for a couple days, so I'm just. Hanging out with my dog. There you go. If my girlfriend wants to go visit her family, all she has to do is walk across the driveway. So I don't get that much alone time. Although she gives me as much alone time as I want. I mean, she basically let me game all Saturday and scream my head off while the dogs freaked out being like, why is this man just fucking yelling in there? All right. Uh, Well, let's start the show like we do every week with uh, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! So what have you got, Dan? I have a gin and tonic with my barrel-rested gin. Uh, It's very delicious. I I like it a lot. Uh, I'm happy it exists. And yes, I am back drinking after realizing that all last week, uh, or all the week prior, really, that I drank every day. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this, so... Uh, I took a week off and now I'm back. Yeah, there you go. What do you have? Leftovers. Uh, I ate all of my leftover curry from dinner last night for what I'm calling brunch. Uh, and now I'm having the last of my uh, Snoop Dogg 19 crimes. And I have my very last Modelo on deck for when that's over. There you go. You're drinking out of a very fashionable mug. Yeah. I drink wine out of mugs. This one has constellations on it. I have only one wine glass in this house, and it 
always gets used whenever I'm drinking wine. And it's, of course, the wine glass from Nick and Ada's wedding <laughs> that I will keep as a monument to their sins. I don't think I have those with me. I do have um, some wine glasses, but I like mugs. They have handles. Yeah, that's I think that's why uh, Ashley's dad got me these rock rocks glasses, because I think Ashley mentioned to him at one point that I was drinking all of my alcohol out of mugs. But it's like I like the mug like for the handle part part of it. But also I was an idiot and would like just grab around the, the handle. So I'd grab the actual cup itself around the fucking handle of the mug and drink that way. Like so, sometimes because I'm a fucking psychopath. I like to grasp the body of the mug with my ring and middle finger through the the handle. Yeah. But I mean, like I would go, you know, the the handle would go into my palm and I would just grab it that way and like, like drink like that. Oh, yeah, that's that's how I would drink it sometimes. Not all the times I would actually use the handle most of the time, but huh. sometimes I would do that and people would that's look at me weird. Difficult. I don't like that. Well, that's because you probably don't have like one of those red bubble mugs. The red bubble mugs are kind of tiny enough that it can happen like that one actually looks like it's a bit bigger. So it's a bit more cumbersome to do that. Uh, So no news this week, huh? Yeah. uh, I mean, if there was any news, it was that Netflix released like a sizzle reel of the 80 something movies they're releasing this year, uh, which includes some they've already released this year. Why they didn't just do this on like the, the first Monday of the year, I'll never understand. But hey, here we are. Well, all right, then. Uh, so with that, uh, it'll bring us to downstream. We're going to talk about some of the movies that were in that sizzle reel from Netflix. Baby, I can't control the Internet. That's my favorite line. All right. Uh, first up is back to 15. Uh, after taking refuge in the bedroom where she spent her adolescence, like magic, she is propelled to the first day of high school, a 30 year old head in the body of a 15 year old teenager. Uh, unhappy with her life, 30-year-old Anita accidentally discovers a way to travel back to age 15. Can she rewrite her own history? So, uh, I'm going to be honest. This is only in here for one reason and one reason only. And we, we kind of talked about it in the pre-roll. But, uh, so, when the, for them to show you they're back in the 90s, there's, uh, you know, like a Tamagotchi and, like, people wearing a lot of denim. But then there's also a shot of two kids playing Magic the Gathering on the <laughs> steps. And uh, these heathens are just have these these cards in the most bizarre order I think I've ever seen anyone play Magic the Gathering in. So one of them has his lands on the top of his battlefield and the creatures underneath his lands, which uh, is how no one I've ever seen plays Magic the Gathering. Uh, and the other one puts them underneath his creatures. So you had an interesting theory. It's it's almost like they did it for a shot and neither of them is actually playing the game. And hey, at least they got all white border cards as opposed to, you know, having some black border stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's supposed to be like what? Early 2000s. I think there was maybe around then. I think there was black border cards then. But uh, it, it, yeah, so there, there's that. It happened. Um, I don't know. Uh, this looks. This does nothing for me other than that. It was just I wanted to bring it up that if you're gonna have people playing Magic the Gathering, maybe find one person who's played Magic the Gathering on set and be like, "This is how you arrange the cards." I'm doing some video analysis here. Uh, it looks like they've got all. Like all the lands are plains in one forest, and that there are some black creatures and red creatures on the battlefield <laughs> and in their graveyards. Oh no! <laughs> it, it's really like someone was like, "I have Magic the Gathering cards back at home that I haven't sold. Do you, you want to use them for this shot?" And they're like, "Fuck it!" And they just threw them on the ground. And then like this is this is how it looks, right? Sure, who cares? I think what we're really trying to say is uh, Netflix, hire us to be your Magic the Gathering supervisors for how Magic <laughs> the Gathering is played in your shows. Well, I don't know. You're making a Magic the Gathering anime show. That Somebody is true. there must have a passing familiarity with what it is. You know, I, I actually do kind of want like a Netflix, like Yu-Gi-Oh style Magic the Gathering show. I think that'd be awesome. 
even if it's just like for standard cards or even modern cards, like in the modern format, I just I, I think that's the way to like get people interested in the card game even more is not just like, you know, League of Legends style show. It's also just like, hey, look at this dumb over the top stupid show where we take a children's card game way too seriously. Yeah, that that show is coming out sometime this year. In theory, Will it be on our best or worst of the year. Uh, stay tuned to find out. Yeah. Remember when the Russos left production because they didn't like the direction of it? Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be great. He says through gritted teeth. <laughs> uh, at least like. They're not going to Monster Hunter it where it's like people from Earth travel into the Monster Hunter world. Oh, that would that would completely ruin the show. That that would be hell. That would be the worst thing we'd probably ever watched ever because it would just be like us being like, no, no, no. Or like Gideon planes walks to Earth and then has to like it's like the last uh, like last action hero, but with Gideon. <clears throat> Come on, you know you want to watch that now. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I forgot that Brandon Routh was going to play Gideon. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. And there are no details about this show that exist. It's almost like they announced it and then all the interest got dropped from it because no one cared. And then the only interest that was redrummed up about it was that, you know, the Russos left as producers of the show. And then after that, they went radio silent again. Oh, well, uh, our next trailer is for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, is this a movie series? Yes. OK, a movie. movie. Uh, after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. Uh, based on characters created by Kim Henkel and Toby Hooper. Uh uh, it's a sequel to like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, influencers looking to breathe new life into a Texas ghost town encounter Leatherface, an infamous killer who wears the mask made of human skin. Uh, so they're they're going full on like Halloween. You know, the one before Halloween kills. Yes. Whatever fucking year that came out. Uh, it's like. The original girl from. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, I've been waiting 15 years for this night to find Leatherface again and shoot him up a whole bunch. Yep. Uh, And then Leatherface goes on to this bus that's full of, like, social media and influencers. And they all pull out their phones uh, and he pulls out his chainsaw and they're like, try anything and you're canceled, bro. Uh, And then he kills them violently with a chainsaw. Right. I thought that was that, I thought that was really funny. Like, that's probably going to be the best part of the movie is just watching like 20 influencers get fucking chainsawed to death. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but yes, you are. You're correct. This looks like uh, like they somebody watched um, Halloween 2018 and just went, oh, we can do that with Texas Chainsaw. And then they do it with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I can't wait for our review of this where I go, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not the sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Technically, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but it it ignores the events of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning, which was a prequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which ignored the events of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's probably going to be bad. So here's the thing. Uh, if Red Letter Media doesn't review this movie <laughs> and then do that exact joke again, because we know they should be doing that exact joke again. I don't know what they're fucking doing. Yeah. Uh, currently, this is not on our docket. However, uh, we could just do a fucking special report of it because I don't give a shit. Uh, the, the schedule is whatever it is. And of course, we can see if Gerald wants to come on because it's Gerald, of course. What do we have for the back half of the Raising Dion season two show? Nothing. We can just do it then. Yeah, we can do it then. That's fine. All right. So there it is. Uh, So kid friendly and very unkid friendly in the same episode. (laughs) All right. Let me message Gerald. And by message, I mean, text him. Do I have Gerald's number? I do. 
If you're still podcasting. Because when does that come out? The 18th? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep, the 18th. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I've never seen any of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, so that's probably another series of Gerald. But yes, uh, I don't know. Could be fun. We'll see. Uh, depends on if in the second one the the vacant ta- the ghost towns people show up and they're like evil dies sometime, and evil then dies tonight. And, and and then we'll see how I feel about the the whole thing. But uh, we'll uh, I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares? The horror movie. It's probably gonna be fine. All right. Uh, our next trailer is my best friend and Frank. Based on the real-life friendship between Anne Frank and Hannah Goslar from Nazi-occupied Amsterdam to their harrowing reunion in a concentration camp. Looks okay. Yeah, it's gonna be sad. <laughs> I think there was like a TV movie or TV miniseries about Anne Frank and like back in, I think it was like back in like the early 2000s that it was on like Fox or something. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? This is wild that we're seeing this on hmm. television. But outside yeah. of that, yeah, there's not a lot of Anne Frank shit. Yeah. Um, next trailer is for Restless. After going to extremes to cover up an accident, a corrupt cop's life spirals out of control when he starts receiving threats from a mysterious witness. Restless, a film starring Frank Gastonbead, uh, available February 25th. Uh, this seemed interesting. I don't know. Uh, I... It, uh, I have very little to say about it, despite that, uh, you know, it's a it's a movie starring a guy who uh, is already corrupt and therefore becomes even more corrupt in order to cover up a murder he committed. Yeah, that's true. Our final trailer this week is Downfall, the case against Boeing. A searing investigation of a once iconic company and its tragic failures Downfall, the case against Boeing, exposes how Wall Street's influence in Boeing's crumbled internal culture resulted in two historic plane crashes, 346 fatalities, and a shocking cover-up. Uh, directed and produced by Rory Kennedy, produced and co-written by Mark Bailey. Uh, this is a documentary. Um, it's it's kind of, I don't know, looks looks kind of wild. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I think Boeing was 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 that the plane crash over like the Indian Ocean that like we were like what the yeah. fuck happened? It's like and, what the hell happened to this? And then it's like, oh, they recovered the black box data, and you know, um, so it goes through like all you know all the hearings about it and and all that kind of shit. So, yeah. um, I don't know if the black box is designed to withstand a crash why don't they just make the whole plane out of black boxes yeah right <laughs> this just i actually wonder how aerodynamic a a thing would be i don't know uh, i watch they show a clip of one of these planes taking off and like the fucking wings flap like mm-hmm. i i shit you not they fucking flapped everybody and i just well, went holy fuck there's no way that's safe that's probably actually a good thing uh, because like they have to be able to flex a little bit or else like any pressure on them outside of, you know, just sitting on the ground would cause them to just shear off. I guess that's true. So, but, yeah, I've never I've never seen that on a plane take off before is the fucking wings flapping. Yeah. So that, that was uh, fucking insane to me to even conceptualize that. Yeah. But, I mean, they had two brand new planes that crashed, which is just, you know, like totally unheard of. Right. That's like, obviously there's something wrong with your fucking plane design if two brand new crash or two new two brand new planes crash. All right. Uh, so that's all the trailers for this week. So why don't we get into some quick hits? <laughs> So, Dan, what did you watch this week? <laughs> Good joke. Uh, I didn't watch anything. I, I watched Gremlins. Okay. Tell me more about this Gremlins. Uh, well, 
Gremlins is a Joe Dante horror comedy uh, from 1984. It's a movie I grew up with and love. Uh, interesting fun fact, it was PG rated when it came mm-hmm. out because it, you know, it wasn't like bad enough for a hard R. Uh, and the PG-13 rating didn't exist at the time. And they advertised the movie with this cute little fluffy creature. So like a bunch of parents took their small children to see it uh, and they were horribly mangled beyond belief uh, mentally because uh, this movie is fairly horrific and involves uh, nightmare creatures that consume human flesh. Uh, So this movie is responsible for the existence of the PG-13 rating. Wasn't this in something else like Jaws, I think? I think Jaws, maybe. Yeah, that's a like it, it was. Like, oh, wait. <laughs> OK, update. So I texted Gerald because uh, I don't use Facebook Messenger for anything anymore. And I said, if you're still podcasting, do you want to do Texas Chainsaw Massacre with us? And Gerald's re- response with sure. Also, who is this? <laughs> so I'm going to cool. send him a pi- I'm going to send him a picture of my face. Maybe it's not Gerald. Maybe maybe it's not Gerald. Maybe maybe he'll just do a guest spot for us, whoever it is. Yeah, random person who I just texted. If you're not Gerald, yeah. uh, please do a guest spot with us. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I I, sh- I shouldn't assume gender, so whoever whoever it may happen to be, I fucking hope but, it's some random. I yeah. I'm I'm um, truly hoping. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, yeah, Gremlins. Uh, it's about uh, a dad who really fucked up uh, and gives his son an exotic pet for Christmas. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's no way that could be problematic. Uh, here's a tiger cub. Don't let it loose in suburbia. Um, there's exactly three rules to having this pet, which the dad briefly touches on. Uh, which is keep them away from bright light, don't get them wet, and don't feed them after midnight. Uh, he, when is the, after midnight? No one knows. The The kid really fucks up and breaks all three rules. Uh, although, like, the one rule when you break it is actually a good thing. The other two are disastrously bad. Uh, so the creature, the Mogwai, um, is a cute little fluffy dude. But if you get it wet at all, it uh, like these little like furry triple things pop out of it uh, and they unfold into new mogwai. So it reproduces through contact with water uh, and then. They they eat normal food, but if you feed them after midnight, uh, they begin to metamorphose into uh, fucking monsters and are no longer cute and fluffy and are like little scaly uh weird dudes that you know just thrive on mayhem um so there's there's the good mogwai gizmo and then there's the, a bunch of the shitty ones who are trying to turn into gremlins uh eventually all all hell breaks loose uh they break in to the uh local access radio station and attack rock and ricky uh, Not Rock and Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, what are you going to do ne- then? Um, I think my favorite shot in this movie is like, so the main character, Billy, is like goes to the cops and is like, hey, there's these horrible creatures out there mangling people. You have to do something. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, kid. You're an idiot. Fucking idiot child. Uh, so then, like, somebody makes an emergency call to the police. So they go out and, like, go to check it out. And as the police are driving down the road, there's a man just, like, being attacked and eaten by three gremlins. And he runs at the police car for help. Uh, and they're just, like, roll the windows up. And they're like, what the fuck's happening? Let's get out of here. And then just slowly pull away. <laughs> so... So, uh, of course, we have to compare this to uh, the greatest 80s cop of all time, Chief Mooney uh, from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. How do these guys stack up against Chief Mooney? I mean, 
less cartoonish, but uh, equally derelict in their duties, I guess. Mm. Uh, and they don't get turned into a ventriloquist puppet, so. Oh, that's fucking right. I, yeah, man, I'm re- I'm redo a fucking Killer Clowns rewatch. Yeah. I think I've watched that movie three times now. The first time, of course, being DVDs and Swill, which is no longer on any podcast platform. But I was like, holy fuck, this movie's ass. And then uh, I think it was Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. It was like, oh, hello. Uh, my brain has been unlocked to fun, bad movies. And that's exactly <laughs> what Killer Clowns from Outer Space is. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Gremlins 2, the new batch is not on Netflix. Uh, it's been a long time since I've fucking seen that movie, but, uh, Gremlins is more like, it's more horror than comedy, but it is a horror comedy. Like there's genuinely hilarious things in it. Also Mm -hmm. like of the original five Gremlins, uh, before like they start spawning an endless, like an arbitrarily large number of them. Um, so like there's there's five like extra mogwai that pop out of gizmo and are then subsequently fed after midnight and turn into gremlins in his house. Uh, the mom fucking murders three of them. Yeah, uh, so that, she's the best mom in a, in a movie she's ever. She's got an amazingly good body count uh, because like. One of them, she just fucking stabs to death with a butcher's knife. Uh, one of them, she like throws in a blender and fucking grinds it to a pulp and then like another one attacks her and she shoves it into the microwave and fucking explodes it. Uh, And then another one like comes out of the Christmas tree and fucking attacks her. And then Billy comes through the door and cuts its head off with a fucking sword. Yeah. But uh, the the best one is whenever the fucking old rich lady, uh, I think it's on her like, uh, What's the thing that she goes like up and the power chair to go up yeah. and down the stairs because she's yeah, old and fucking sends her flying out the yeah. front door because that's that's always been a thing like in like electronics and and stuff is like if something electronic isn't functioning properly, you're like, oh, it's got a gremlin in it. So like they like to fuck with electronics. So they like rig up the the stoplights in the town so that all lanes are green so they cause like a bunch of car crashes mm-hmm. uh and they go into this old rich white lady's house and fuck with her her stair climbing chair uh and like supercharge it so she gets in and tries to escape from the gremlins uh and gets fucking yeeted out of the top of the house and lands in the street it's pretty fantastic yeah it's incredible yeah, I'm due for a rewatch on that, although that'll probably be around a around like Christmas time for me. Yeah, well, it is a Christmas movie. Although technically it's like one of those movies you can watch any time of the year because, you know, it's ultimately a horror movie. Uh, that's it. I I just I just really like Gremlins. That's fair. So we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from said break, uh, it's time to jump, hop, skip gallivant into our uh, main view topic for the week uh and uh, pa- pause as i pull up the fucking title for it uh the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window the netflix and swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons gerald morris bill sutton nick haskins ashley the bubby gorski ben kiefer paul prezula daniel henderson julio Oliveira, jimmy de la rosa Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. The woman across the street from the girl in the window. Uh, The woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. uh, Is a new comedy crime drama series on Netflix. Uh, It's a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, and stars Kristen Bell. 
When a handsome neighbor moves in across the street, Anna, a heartbroken woman for whom every day is the same, starts to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that is, until she witnesses a gruesome murder. Or did she? So, Dan, what do you think? Uh, this is an eight-episode series. Takes about, I don't know, three hours to watch. Yeah, three hours. So everything's about like 20 to 30 minutes. So pretty, pretty quick, actually. I'm surprised at that, because normally when you have like those very quick episodes, they like to go for 10, 12 episodes. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm glad this is kind of an in and out. Uh, not saying this show is bad. I actually kind of like it. Uh, I think Kristen Bell is pretty great in this. Uh, outside of that, uh, the mystery is good. There's definitely some dragon spot spots that like I think the first we watched the first three episodes Sunday after um after we recorded Ashley and I did and like I was like uh, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this show and then of course like finishing it up it was like oh, okay this was like the, it was gripping enough like the story is kind of whatever but like the comedy is where it really shines yeah um I don't know it's very very droll uh very like derives its humor from just like awkwardness and being mm-hmm. a send up of a very serious genre. Uh, so like there's a few, there's a few moments where I just laughed out loud, but like mostly it's just like tries to be awkward by like making you think one thing. And then like the very next scene, it's like, Oh, that can't possibly be the case. Uh, but then what if it is in like, she's sort of uh like losing her mind a bit because she's just like i don't know she uh is always like oh i've cut back on drinking but then she has this giant fucking wine glass that takes an entire bottle and she has to like sip some off the top to be able to like move it at all to fit it all yeah and and she mixes that with this insane anti-psychotic medication that is prescribed prescribed by her therapist which uh when they reveal who the therapist is, because we're we're gonna be non spoilers here, we'll go to the spoilers here in a bit. But like when they reveal who the therapist is, it's like how is Paul's gonna like lose his shit if he watches this show? Because it'd be like that that's there's so many issues with this. Like there's yeah, there's no way this is happening. Uh, I don't know which like that may even be a joke of like stupid things that happen in these kind of movies and shows. Sure. But um, yeah, so. Basically, like Kristen Bell plays this woman who lives all alone. Uh, She's like haunted by her daughter's death. uh, And like her husband subsequently like leaving her uh, because she couldn't go on with normal life after it. Uh, Everybody in the neighborhood says like she's the crazy lady and, you know, she's got all these problems. And it's like, you know, bad things happen to everybody. But like. You have to be able to move on. Uh, But then, like, one of the funniest parts of the show is when they reveal what actually happened to her daughter. uh, Because it's, like, fucking horrible, but cartoonishly horrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So her husband was, like, an FBI profiler who uh, worked with, like, serial killers. He was, like, a psychoanalyst. Yeah, he was Uh, mind-huntering. Yeah. So, uh, their nine-year-old daughter went with him to take your daughter to work day. Uh, so like she went into a room with him and, uh, a serial killer who was also a cannibal. Uh, and then the dude's boss calls him out into the hall to talk to him for a minute, leaving the, the serial killer and the daughter alone in the room. Uh, and he fucking, uh, ended up shucking and devouring her like so many oysters. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> it's uh like just so cartoonishly ridiculous, but also horrifying. And that's like the thing is like it, it this show kind of balances the line between like cartoonishly horrifyingly over the top and uh, cartoonishly funny, because like that is something like like when because it establishes like that unreliable narrator aspect to itself and you're like mm-hmm. there's no way this is fucking real like this woman obviously hallucinated or compartmentalized it or like died like she hates the rain because this girl like she was like in the car and lost control of the car and you know it killed just the girl and everybody else is fine but 
Uh, no, everybody else references it. In fact, there was one detective who was like, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about your uh, your daughter. I worked on that case with the, the serial murder. And I just went, wait, that's fucking real. <laughs> yeah. And she's she's afraid of the rain because um, it rained on the day that her daughter died. Right. And that's like the only connection. Um, another running joke is that like she's constantly making casseroles and then dropping them and smashing them everywhere. Uh, and also that like when she tries to get the casserole out, she doesn't wear her oven mitts uh, and then like fucking scorches her hands. And then, she, you know, so there will be like, she'll be like, Oh, why do I keep forgetting to do that? And then like, like there will, she'll go to get another dish out of the oven and like, um, like have to stop and remind herself to like get a towel or a pot holder or whatever. But yeah, there's like five identical casserole dishes that get smashed during the course of this show. But yeah, like uh, I, I guess she makes a. It, it's eventually revealed, and this is a big spoiler. But her, her daughter was like really liked her chicken casserole for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like. Oh, this is just, you know, something people do to help, like, when they're greeting people, send them a casserole or whatever. So she just keeps making her daughter's favorite chicken casserole, which, uh, sure, I guess. Uh, I don't know what kid's favorite food is chicken casserole. I don't think that I've ever eaten a casserole. Uh, it looks terrible. Yeah, tuna, I've had tuna noodle casserole, and it's like, ugh. And castles are just bad white people food. Yeah. That's true. White people's food isn't delicious. We don't season well enough. (laughs) Which is ridiculous. Like, you guys can afford salt. I mean, we do. I think my my favorite thing I've uh, seen in response to that was uh, some, there was like uh, some TikToker who was black and she was like, what is one thing white people do really well in the kitchen? And it's like person responding goes cook steak. All they white people just know you put salt and pepper on steak and then you cook it. And that's it. Unfortunately, that's all they did with all of their other things. They don't include any other spices in anything else. Yep. Uh, You know, salt and pepper heavily, uh, you know, one minute each side. So you get the good grill marks, six minutes total flipping every minute. Now you're just over overhandling it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have much else to talk about in the way of spoilers. I just I kind of want to talk about the mystery now because the mystery uh, had me going at several spots as to what was actually going on. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, Imagine you're in a room. No, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, Yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the ending. This is what you always do. You always spoil stuff Uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So the mystery is she sees, uh, so like this new guy moves in across the street. She's instantly infatuated with him uh, because she finds out that He has a young daughter about the age that her dead daughter was. um, And that his wife died mysteriously. Um, So she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's perfect. You know, I can I can jump right into this prefab family and be a part of it. Um, Then, like, it turns out that he has a girlfriend and he's like, Mm -hmm. Uh, she's immediately like, who is this bitch stalks her on social media is like trying to find out all kinds of shit about her. Um, you know, board housewife shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then like she sees the girlfriend get murdered through the window uh, and she's like, uh, she calls the police. Police are like, oh, she's, she's fine. Like she's a flight attendant. She went to Seattle. Um, there, there was no murder. Uh, so she's like, am, am I crazy? Did I hallucinate it? Because like, there's also other things like she hears stuff moving around in her house and like footsteps mm-hmm. and shit. And everybody's like, oh, it's an old house. You know, they creak. You know, you're you're just making it up. But, you know, of course, uh, with the kind of show that this is like, that's the trope is that 
you know, there's good reason for everyone to think she's crazy. So nobody takes her seriously that these things are happening. Right. I mean, you see it with like woman in the window, woman in the window is actually basically pretty much like what this is referencing is like Amy Adams, like mixes alcohol and prescribed medication all the time in that movie. And so everyone's like, oh, she's just hallucinating because she mixes drugs and alcohol. And so they're borrowing from that. Also, like um, you remember Disturbia back in like the early, yeah. like the mid 2000s with Shia, LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is on house arrest. Right. But so he's a criminal. So no one believes him because he's a criminal. So like they always have that way to cast doubt. I think I haven't seen Rear Window, but like I know Jimmy Stewart has a broken leg. So I'm assuming he's on painkillers for that movie. Uh, early in character wise. That's just my guess, though. I don't know. But yeah, the, the, there's always that. Let's cast doubt over the person who thinks they see something because we need to have a movie. Yeah. So like uh, the the gamut of murder suspects is like. Uh, first, there is like. The the guy, the neighbor, uh, like killed his girlfriend and then like they kind of shy away from that. And then it's like, oh, maybe um, this guy that she had on her social media, Sexy Rexy, is the, the killer. Uh, and then like that turns out to not be the case. And then it is like maybe it maybe it was the boyfriend after all. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it was like the handyman in the neighborhood who um, turns out to have a, a shaky past. Uh, and then it turns out to be. Well, you're missing something totally key, different, but well, and you are missing a crucial point, which is that they actually do cast suspicion on Anna at one point, uh, Kristen Bell's character, because you're yeah, like, hey, she, you're she has like weird flashbacks and is hallucinating. And like, um, so like they find. It turns out that like she actually is dead and Kristen Bell did see the murder, but like uh, she's Kristen Bell's a painter. Uh, so mm. they find one of her palette knives next to the body, which is suspected to be the murder weapon. Uh, and it only has her fingerprints on it. So uh, and she's like having flashbacks of like stabbing her. So it's like, oh, maybe she did. Just fucking do it. So. Right. And then it turns out that, no, she did a painting of her uh, and then stabbed her a million times in the painting. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine and normal. Right. There, there's and definitely no serial killer tendencies with that. Well, it's technically not a crime. <laughs> You're not wrong. But like also, she's like, I couldn't have done it. I've never had a negative thought about this woman in my life. And then flash forward to uh, the painting with millions of stab marks in yeah. it. Cut to Joker saying, all I have are negative thoughts. But also, like, there's this weird fucking painting uh, that the cops pull out at one point where it says the perfect family. And it's just uh, Neil, Emma and Anna all in one painting. And it's like, huh, this is all the evidence we need to lock you up. You mean you mean you don't just have uh, pictures in your house that are like other families with the dad's face cut out and your face pasted over top? Uh, assuming those families have children, correct. I don't do that because that would be <laughs> that would be awful. I wouldn't want that life. Fuck that. Single people, though, yes, all the time. All the single ladies. So, uh, I will mention again, uh, Woman in the Window, which I actually think is an okay movie. Everyone should watch it. Uh, uh, just trust me. Uh, but uh, it, it turns out in that movie that the the son did it, and the son is like like late teens like so he's like around high school college age so like it is possible for him to have done the movie or like to have done the murder but this movie or this show fucking takes that to the next level uh by making a fucking nine-year-old the serial killer yeah so it's actually the daughter uh which is you know comedic uh it turns out that like she also killed the mom because the mom was going to have another baby and she liked being a single child. Uh, so it's like flashes back to because like the mom drowned because she couldn't swim. So it's like, oh, I, I worked all summer on my summer project and it shows the girl diving down and like slowly cutting away uh, at like the the posts holding up the dock and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like then she gets her mom to go out to the end of the dock and like she falls in and drowns. Um, and then like. The 
the girl like also kills her dad and like mm-hmm. other people and is going to pin it on Kristen Bell. Uh, so then Kristen Bell has a, a fist fight with this nine year old, uh, <laughs> which is not as hilariously one sided as you would think, uh, which makes it a lot more funny. This was so fucking this is actually the funniest part of the show. Like it, it's just 10 minutes of comedy. It's played up to like whenever Austin Powers is fighting mini me and he like crawls inside his spacesuit and is biting him and shit. Like it's like that kind of shit. It's fantastic. It like it, the, the show crescendos at this moment. And I was just so fucking happy. I was just like, Oh, this is the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like this, this is the reason yeah. they made the show is to have Kristen Bell fight a nine year old. Like, and I'm full happy on about face it. punch a nine year old. Yeah. Get stabbed multiple times. It uh, fantastic. Yeah, stabbed multiple times, shot once. Yeah, Kristen Bell's a tough cookie in this, considering the fact that, you know, getting stabbed and shot by a nine-year-old is kind of embarrassing when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, before this, she called her, like, FBI profiler ex-husband, uh, who it turns out is her therapist, which is uh, where Paul's going to freak the fuck out, because, like, that would never happen. But again, absurdity, played for laughs, that kind of shit, I'm, I'm assuming. But uh, like he rolls up and watches her plunge uh, part of the broken casserole dish that uh, the girl like threw over her head in order to try to kill her. Uh, watches her uh, Kristen Bell plunge that into the nine year old's heart as the nine year old fucking dies. That's right. They killed a fucking nine year old. This this show goes hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people always underestimate what kids can do. And she herself was even surprised at what she was capable of. Right, murdering nine-year-olds, easy peasy. So, uh, of course, we get the po- the post scene in the hospital where uh, three people come visit Chris and Bell, uh, and they all begin the exchange the exact same way, which is like, "Hey, oh, it's good to see you. Oh, those flowers are beautiful. Oh, how you feeling? Like I got hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old, and it's like the same fucking ex- like it, the same opening exchange, but like they just resolve all three little storylines that happen with all those characters, and that was funny. And then, yeah. uh, it, and then it hard cuts to uh, a gallery showing because uh, her painting, one of her paintings, is up for sale. And then the first words you hear out of Kristen Bell's mouth are, "It fe- it feel it felt like a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old," and you're like, "Oh my god, they're still doing this." <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, there's, like, a little stinger at the end uh, where, like, uh, she's on an airplane and, like, uh, there's a woman sitting next to her who goes to the bathroom and, like, you know, she takes her, like, the, uh, she's in first cr- first class, so, like, the flight attendant comes by and is, like, red or white? And she's, like, oh, I don't drink wine anymore. Get me a vodka. Like, yeah. I drink vodka now. Yeah. I'm just like, what? <laughs> um, so she has her vodka and her Xanax and then goes to sleep and then wakes up, presumably hallucinating again. Uh, goes to the restroom on the plane, sees this woman who was sitting next to her in there dead. Uh, goes to the flight attendant freaking out. And it's like the woman's dead and the, the woman in two A, and like they go there and and look and there's nobody there. And the flight attendant uh who is the dean from community uh, is like, yep. there was nobody sitting in two a and then it's like, dun, dun, dun. Now, the most important part about this is that the woman sitting in two a was fucking Glenn close. That's true. That was the most random cameo I think I've ever seen in anything ever. I wonder if she just owed Netflix like there was something in her contract that stipulated oh, another allergy. Netflix appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fantastic. And that's how they resolve that is like, Hey, just you being like three seconds of our show yeah. with Kristen be, Bell, be dead in an airplane lavatory real quick. Oh, wait, I forgot. Uh, fucking Glenn close was in, uh, what happened to Monday? Oh yeah, that is true. She's the, she's the main villain in that. I forgot about that for a hot second. So yeah, they, so maybe that's her third so yeah, appearance. Yeah, she she signed a three picture deal. I should watch what happened to Monday again. Yeah, is that still on Netflix? Because I know there was like yeah, some it's Netflix original. Well, here's the th- well. So shout out to Casey Moore. What's on Netflix? Uh, there have been a slew of Netflix originals getting removed from the platform recently. 
Oh, yikes. Like, uh, I actually believe the crew is getting uh, removed. You know, the Kevin hmm. James show. Uh, yeah. What happened to Monday still on there? All right. Because I know it left in like Australia or something. All right. Uh, what would you rate this? Uh, I'm it, it's good. Like Kristen, like you're watching it at the beginning for Kristen Bell. Like she really fucking goes through it. Uh, eventually they do develop the storyline. So it actually becomes engaging as opposed to just like the fuck is this? So, uh, I'll give it like a three and a half. Like it, it's a good show. I definitely recommend it. It does have some pacing issues, but, uh, eventually it does get there and does become rather enjoyable. Yeah. Um, my my gut reaction was that this is a three uh, and then it showed Kristen Bell and her black lace panty and bra set. And then I was like, yeah, it's three and a half. Yeah. Uh, so the the fun thing about that is episode five, there's a sex scene and uh, there's yeah, a relatively which is also hilarious because it's just like hard cuts to like, oh, now they're on the fucking kitchen counter, like knocking over this bowl full of wine corks that she has. Now like, they're on the oh, stairs. Now they're on the stairs, like, which is not comfortable. Uh, and like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And it goes for so long. It does. Uh, but the fun, the fun part about that is that there was a viral tweet that went out uh, by, from a guy who was like, just watching episode five of uh, the woman, the, the name of the show. Uh, and he's like, uh, camp with my family. And it's like, I'm super, it's super awkward now that I've seen Kristen Bell get railed all over her house. And she responded with, yeah, I'm not sorry about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, so, uh, update the, the crew that I was talking about is not the Kevin James, the crew, which, uh, I, I wish they would just take it off. Hmm. <sighs> All right, uh, that'll bring us to uh, our second part of this segment where we talk about a dick pic, which is uh, oh, a segment. Real quick. Yes. Uh, so, like, throughout the show, another running gag is, like, she always goes and, uh, like, visits her, her daughter's grave to talk to her. Did you notice that, like, every time she does so, the tombstone says different things? Oh, no, I totally missed that. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a good joke and subtle. Uh, the first time it says, if love could have saved you, you would have lived forever. The second time it says, in heaven, you can dance like no one's watching. And the last time it says, there's no I in heaven. Uh, so that'll move us into dick pics. Uh, it's a segment where we watch something. So, uh... so we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. Our random word that happens because uh, with dick pics, uh, we take a random word from the dictionary, uh, search into Netflix and watch whatever comes up. Uh, we were <laughs> like 19 Bollywood things showed up first, and then this was the first non-Bollywood thing. So we watched this instead. Uh, it's called Invasion. All right. Uh, it's actually called Intrusion. Uh, whatever. Which is a movie... With Frida Pinto and Logan Marshall Green, a woman moves to a small town with her husband, but is rattled when she is targeted for a home invasion. This is a drama thriller. It's a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Dan, what did you think? Uh, so. So we watched like a good, like a good enough thriller uh, for the main review topic. And then we watched like a thriller that shouldn't exist. Uh, cause it's just so bad. Like I, I guessed what was fucking happening pretty much instantaneously. Like yeah, after there's, this, a, the, there's a certain point where it's like, Oh, the husband did it. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out, Oh, the husband did it. Yeah. It was like 20 minutes in after the second intrusion where I was like, Oh, there's something up with the husband. And I was like, maybe he paid these people to intrusion into his house in order. Cause like he, um, after the second intrusion, he installs like security cameras, uh, uh, security locks and like installs uh, location apps on his, him and his wife's uh, phones. So I'm like, oh, he's using the intrusion as a way like, you know, similar to how America after 9-11 uh, and how they crack down on our fucking freedoms using the Patriot Act in, in the in like uh, with the excuse of, uh, you know, country safety. Uh, this man is also using horrible acts that happened to this family in order to uh, 
infringe on his wife's uh, security by, you know, finding out where she is at all times and being ultra controlling. So it's like, maybe that's it. But uh, no, that was too smart for the movie because they went for a dumber fucking thing. Yeah, that's true. What did you think? Uh, Hot trash. (laughs) I don't know. It uh, it has its moments, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It it's an hour and a half movie that has to plot along to get to what the point of it all is. So, uh, yeah, these people break into the house. Um, the like the husband helps her escape and is then like overwhelmed. And then there's just gunshots and like it turns out the husband just fucking like gadded the fuck out of this whole group of people that broke in. Uh, then like it's weird because it turns out that like all the people that broke in had the same last name. Uh, so there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> the mystery peels itself back uh, layer by layer, like an onion. Yeah, or a parfait. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> the parfait, like okay. So like uh, it, it it turns out like basically well the the. The ma- the patriarch of the family uh, worked on the house, and so he knew there was like something weird about the house. And Frida Pinto's like, "Okay, well, what's weird about the house?" Because like she, I don't know. There's some like little clues that are left she, around. She looks up a schematic, and it's like there's an electrical hookup where there's just nothing, and it turns out there's like a secret passage, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, and then like he's about to commit a murder while they have like a housewarming party, like a, a two month old housewarming party. Cause they'd been in this house for like several months and I guess finally wanted to have people over or something. I don't know. So uh, it turns out the husband's a fucking serial killer and needed a, an extra space in order to Dexter people. Uh, so he kidnapped a girl and just chained her down there for however long. I think it was, they said it was like a month or yeah. something. And there wasn't pee and poop everywhere. Right. Like, like she just sat in a chair chained to a, a thing and like her pants were in a fucking mess. They, they, they were just regular pants. So I don't know if he like hair looked clean. Yeah. I wasn't well thought out in terms of like production design, like a, a little bit of verisimilitude. Like we're already believing that like, hey, oh, the banging you hear is just bad pipes. I have to get a plumber in here. Like, okay, this new house, you already need new fucking pipes. What did you do? Yeah. (sighs) Turns out there's a girl chained to the pipes. The woman who lives in the house with the girl chained to the pipes. Yeah. The climax of the movie is pretty cool, where like Frida Pinto saves the girl and they're trying to get out, and then the husband grabs them. And like drags the girl back down and Frida Pinto is like knocked out, but wakes up and like the guy comes down. is like going to bash the girl with a baseball bat. Frida Pinto comes up behind him and fucking bludgeons him to death with like the clock statue. It's like a big Ben statue that for some reason was like a prized thing that the dude had. It's fucking clubs him. He he got it for her on like their first like he bought it as a gift for their first date or something. It's like, well, hmm. well, that should have been your first indication that you were like dating a serial killer is that he bought you a fucking clock. Yeah. Uh, also. That kind of took me out of the movie when that happened, because it was like the exact scenario of the first case from the first Phoenix Wright game. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> And consequently, the second case of the first Phoenix Wright. Because remember, yeah, red, true. white from red, white from Blue Corp bludgeoned Mia Fey with uh, yeah. the fucking thinker clock. God, the names in, in that game were so great. Miss April <laughs> May. What was the Larry, other one? Um, Larry Butts. Larry Butts. When something stinks, it's usually the butts. Yeah. Uh, oh, what the fuck is her? Oh, a lot of heart from a lot the, of heart. The, the Steel Samurai case. 
No, she. I think she was the one where it was uh, supposed to be like she was searching for uh, the Loch Ness oh, right. monster. But, but it was the Steel Samurai thing that fucking fell in the lake. That's why I thought Steel Samurai. Uh, he got Manfred von Karma, which is just a great name. Uh, oh, what, what's the what's uh, Detective the, the, Dick the sh- Gumshoe? What's the, the shitty attorney's name? It's like p- pain something. Oh, man. It's not like major pain or anything like that, but it's it, just like now I have to Google Phoenix Wright characters. We're, we're in this rabbit hole. You can buy this game anywhere, guys. Go play the Phoenix Wright games. Yeah, it's so great. You play as a fucking uh, attor- defense attorney. Uh, whose nickname is sometimes Mr. Wrong. Because get it, Miss Phoenix Wright. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the wiki is only showing their non-localized names because the localization Yikes. is what made it funny. Correct. Yeah, Dick's, Dick Gumshoe, Franziska Von Karma. Mm-hmm. Herlock Sholmes is one. <laughs> Larry Butts. Oh, Payne's name is Winston. So Winston Payne. That's so fantastic. There's a person in uh, the Justice for All game whose name is Eeny Meeny. Are they partnered with Miney Mo? Uh, presumably. I hope so. There's a person named Luke at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... The game's so dumb, I love it. How about Gaspin Payne? <laughs> I'm assuming that's his son. <laughs> yeah. There's a person named in in the Spirit of Justice game, there's a person in the first case uh who has like um like kind of a Middle Eastern name, which is spelled A H L B I U R apostrophe G A I D but it's pronounced I'll be your guide. So you like teaches you how to play the game. Yep. Yep. I'll be your guide. Um, There's, there's another person named that's horrible, which uh, is supposed to be. That's horrible. A lot of, a lot of puns like that. Yeah. You gotta love the puns. Yeah. The best part of the game. Also, the fucking banging soundtrack whenever you get to like the 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 big reveal moment. Yeah, whenever you're like really case. breaking down the witness and it it yeah. drops the fucking bass. Yeah, that the, that that fucking song goes too hard. Uh, only in the first game though. After that, like for some reason they didn't just keep it as like the through line for the fucking game, for like the series. I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, I think. We've gone off on a, a really long tangent about these fucking games that are fantastic, but I think I've only ever played the first one. Yeah, and I need, uh, to, I need to just get the collection on the Switch and play them yeah, all just get forever. The yeah, yeah, they're fun. Uh, but yes, uh, intrusion or invasion or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, what I think we're done uh, unless there's anything else you want to say about it. Yeah, uh, it's like two. I'm going. I'm going straight one and a half. Uh, outside of the climax, this movie has nothing to offer. Yeah, it's not very good. I'd have never been aware of it if yeah. if you didn't make me do this. I think it even came out last year, and I don't even remember talking about it originally. So I don't know what happened there. Okay. Well, next week on the show, Caleb's suffering will continue uh, because we're watching both Tall Girls one and two. That's right. Why are we doing this? Because I'm a monster. That's true. Uh, And then on the back half of that, we will be watching a patron requested review for paranormal activity. Now, I don't think I put it on the dock. Uh, I have not. Three guesses who picked that. Harold. That is true. It is. That's correct. Uh, Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast. uh, or Gerald from nowhere, I guess now. Gerald, you don't exist. Uh, Requested this because he's a horror guy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He is. Hmm. I remember watching this a while ago. I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty good. And they just kept doing more. And I've never watched it because I don't think that ghosts are scary because I don't think that they exist. That's true. 
All right. Tell them stuff, Dan. You can find the show on Netflix and Swill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, find links to our Patreon page, our merch page, uh, and other places you can listen to the podcast if you don't like where you're listening to it now. Also, check out Rabbit Ears TV podcast and Stacking Triggers, a Magic the Gathering podcast, if those interest you. Yeah. And thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying... To get to the bottom of something, sometimes you have to remind yourself that if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. And the biggest risk you can take is to risk nothing. And if you risk nothing, what you're really doing is risking not getting to the bottom of something. And if you don't get to the bottom of something, you risk everything. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.